Hello, and welcome to Transformation by Truth podcast, where the call become the chosen and those who have been dedicated to serve the Most High receive the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth as we progress our quest for holiness, perfection, and everlasting life. My name is D.L. Anderson. I'll be your tour guide. Let's get started with today's lesson. Hello, my friends. D.L. Anderson here. Welcome back to Transformation by Truth podcast and the quest for holiness, perfection, and everlasting life. Today, we have a brief word from your host and a reminder that exciting times are on the way. Today's podcast is entitled The Father's Controversy with Leadership, Part 1. The leaders of this people cause them to go astray, and those who are guided by them are destroyed. Isaiah 9.16 The podcast objectives are reveal how the people have come to rule over their assemblies, reveal the sudden destruction that comes when you are ensnared by the enemy, and reveal how the visible church is well beyond critical mass and has pushed Yahushua Messiah and his disciples out. In Wednesday's podcast, we discuss the final two phases of enlightenment, i.e. support and servant leadership. Combined with instruction and correction, these represent the full cycle of enlightenment. The process is as follows. Instruction allows us to proactively amend our walk via correction. This will often require the support of a qualified leader, which will always require that leader to love their flock and to be bound to their flock by the bondage of service. Here lies the problem and the greatest inflection within the modern church. That is, the leaders within the conglomerate church are failing in every category of edification. And if the assembly is not edified, it will be pulverized. Alas, this is why there is no difference in the quality of life of those in the church circuit and those in the secular world. And although there is no real victim in this scenario, the father has a controversy with the hirelings who are masquerading as shepherds. See, it's one thing for all the false believers in the church circuit to get what they paid for. The word of truth tells us we shall indeed reap what we sow. Therefore, it is righteous for every slothful servant to reap endless death, for they were unwilling to pay the price to inherit everlasting life. Matthew 25, 26-30 reads, And his master answering said to him, 
you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Throw the worthless servant out into the outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. At the same time, the primary reason why the church is filled with slothful servants is because it's also filled with weak and incompetent leaders. Remember, Yahushua Messiah calls them hirelings, i.e., they're not interested in doing the work of a minister. All they're interested in is getting paid. This payment is not limited to money. It can be any matter of physical reward aligned with the ulterior motives of these religious charlatans. And as long as they are obtaining the reward, they will, in the spirit of Laodicea, let the people do whatever they want to do. And in effect, the people rule. Now, our next section is entitled, Snared in an Evil Time. My dear friends, this is the controversy the Father has with the leaders in the church circuit. They are reaping many of the material benefits of leadership by reinforcing the spiritual deficits of their flocks. What is worse, many are doing this and other denable deeds in his name while providing his enemies an opportunity to blaspheme. For this cause, the Father has provided the enemy an opportunity to afflict these false believers and their mercenary leaders with various forms of death. This goes back to my earlier assertion that the quality of life in the secular world is not much different than the church. In many cases, it's even worse. The following interest point reveals why. The enemy is not overly concerned about those in the secular world. By living outside the way of holiness, they are decreasing their profits of salvation every day. And he does not have to do anything but watch. On the other hand, when a believer forsakes their calling and consistently fails in their execution of the Father's will, the enemy looks to capitalize, i.e., he will afflict this one to the nth degree to ensure they never escape his grasp again. Matthew 12, 43-45 reads, Now when the unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places, seeking rest, and finds none. Then it says, I shall return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds it empty, swept, and decorated. Then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. 
Now, even though the enemy is determined to crush every false believer, he is strategic about it, for there are limits to the degree of affliction he may oppose. For this cause, he waits for the ideal moment, and then he goes for the knockout punch, unexpected and sudden. Proverbs 29.1 reads, One often reproved, hardening his neck, is suddenly destroyed, and there is no healing. Ecclesiastes 9.12, For even man does not know his time, like fish taken in an evil net, and like birds caught in a snare. So the sons of men are snared in an evil time, when it comes down on them suddenly. Whether or not Satan lands this knockout punch is not the most troubling part. That will be the fact that he will always go for the knockout punch, ending your spiritual and physical life in one disastrous turn. Believe me, the scriptures are filled with the tragic accounts of men and women who do not appreciate this depressed reality and the everlasting burden of being the man or woman snared in an evil time. Now, our next section is entitled, Well Beyond Critical Mass. Even if the enemy doesn't take your spiritual and physical life in one turn, he will settle for the next best thing, that is, your spiritual death. See, in his eyes, the only thing better than a dead man is a man he has spiritually compromised and is using to compromise others. It's the patented two-for-one play in which the enemy capitalizes on the spiritual death of one to destroy two or more until an entire assembly is compromised. Now you have tens or hundreds of people who, although physically alive, are spiritually dead and killing each other off. Do you not see the twisted irony in the situation? The enemy is enlisting men and women in the church to serve his kingdom while keeping them in the church and portraying a defeated, divided kingdom of false light to a lost and dying world. Here's the question. Are there men and women in the church circuit who are truly serving the kingdom of darkness? The answer Yes, for the word of truth reveals, our master is determined by whom we yield ourselves to obey, that is, whom we serve. Romans 6, 13 through 16 reads, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, to obey it and its desires, neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin but yield your members as instruments of righteousness to Elohim. Do you not know 
that to whom you yield yourselves servants for obedience, you are servants of the one whom you obey, whether of sin to death or of obedience to righteousness. Along these lines, we are well beyond critical mass. My dear friends, hear me carefully. Yahuwah Elohim, the eternal creator, has no part in this depraved body of false believers, and neither should we. This is why he has called and is calling us out. The false believers in the visible church are serving our enemy. Here's a question. How did the visible church fall into this disastrous state, i.e., how did the church become a vehicle of Satan? Here's the answer. He annihilated their leaders, after which he completely raised and pulverized their flocks. This is a controversy the father has with the leadership within the conglomerate church. Not only have they allowed the enemy to destroy their flocks, they have turned the visible church into a den of villains and thieves. Here's a question. What about those false believers who are in the visible church and have no desire to follow the Father's will? Aren't they part of the problem? Here's the answer. They are part of the problem, yes, but these false believers would have zero impact on any assembly if leadership was fulfilling their role. Remember, the leaders of an assembly are the strongmen of the assembly. They have the power to bind and to loosen, and at the highest level, they have full dominion in heaven and on earth. Here's a question. What can a group of powerless false believers do against the free ministers of Yahushua Messiah? The answer, absolutely nothing. Thus we conclude, when leaders are fulfilling their role, the enemy can do nothing, and every false believer will be dealt with in accordance with the Father's will. Here lies the problem. That is, the leaders in the visible church are not fulfilling their role, and they have not been for some time. This is why the closing days of the age of man depicts Yahushua Messiah on the outside of the church, for he, like truth, has fallen in the street. Revelation 3.20 reads, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I shall come into him and sup with him and he with me. My dear friends, you know we're well beyond critical mass when the one who purchased the assembly with his blood has been pushed out into the street and is now on the outside looking in. Yet, 
be not deceived, for Elohim is not mocked. For in the last day, those who push Yahushua Messiah out of their assemblies will be the ones on the outside looking in, as we inherit our reward and we are gifted everlasting life. Praise Yah and Amen. Now, here is the final word. Isaiah prophesied, the whole head is sick and the entire body bruised and filled with sores. Alas, this is the disastrous religious world most live in. And although they are primarily victims of their own choices, the word of truth tells us that it is their leaders who are causing them to go astray. In line with our current topic of edification, their leaders are not instructing them in righteousness. They are not correcting them when they err. They are not holding them up in love. And they are not following the spiritual model of servant leadership. For this cause, the father's controversy with this faulty lot of leadership is great. His hand is stretched out, and his anger will not be turned away until he has consumed all the shepherds who have caused his people to go astray. Heretofore, and I will say it again, as the father's controversy with leadership is so pronounced, I am not done with my prophesying, but I will declare what thus saith Yahuwah Elohim, the Eloah of heaven and earth? As it has been written, so shall it be done. And in the end, you will see, all will be rewarded by works they have already committed. In a race, they either failed or succeeded to run. Now, here is what's next. When we completed today's podcast, The Father's Controversy with Leadership, Part 1. And the next podcast is The Father's Controversy with Leadership, Part 2. I'll post that on Monday. So have a great weekend, everyone. Remember to be led by the Spirit, and I promise you, I will too. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Remember to tune in with us every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern. And if you haven't already, visit us at www.pinnacleofholiness.com and make sure you sign up to join the Quest for Holiness, Perfection, and Everlasting Life 2022.